0: Welcome to your top-rated business, entrepreneurship, self-development, and smart investment podcast. This podcast is hosted by creator and founder, Dr. Dustin Steffi, and also hosted by coach, music producer, and influencer, yours truly, Jaden Rush Norvell. We are blessed for our many accolades, such as being nominated for the People's Choice Awards for Best Business Podcast, as well as raising over $5,000 last year for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, as well as for the Boys and Girls Club. Spending a global reach, our podcast is in the top four downloads in four countries. Without further ado, welcome to Chopping with Fire, ladies and gentlemen. Let's chop it up. Hello and welcome to an episode of Chopping with Fire. You're joined with your host, Dustin Steffi. And I have a great, awesome guest that I'm going to introduce in just a moment. First and foremost, as I always do, as everybody knows, social media is important. Everybody's on it. I think the majority of the world has it. Please, if you haven't done so already, head on over to your favorite social media platform and make sure to add Chopping with Fire. Uh, We have TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube for my visual people that like to watch the videos instead of listen on audio. We have um we have LinkedIn. We just have everything, right? And it's easy to find. It's at Chopping with Fire. That's C H O P P I N with Fire. Uh, with the exception of TikTok, TikTok, or not TikTok, I'm sorry, uh Twitter. Twitter is at chopping fire. Uh we couldn't get the with. I don't know. It's weird, right? But hey, we got it. <laughs> Um, so with that being said, please don't be shy. Head on over at us on social media because there are always updates on there as well as I like to talk to people, right? So feel free to drop me a line. Let's have some fun here. I want to want to know who my audience is. And I I really, really, truly want to make sure that we're releasing episodes that add value to each and every one of you guys. I know a lot of people listen for getting entrepreneurial tips, I know I see a lot of people listening in the investment ones on different ways to diversify your investments. So it's always good to have my listeners tell me where I could do better so that way I can make sure everything's good for you all. Uh, Lastly, before we dive in, charities, as you guys know, Cystic Fibrosis and the Boys and Girls Club are important to me. And so those are our charities I know last year you guys raised a good $15,000 for cystic fibrosis. That was an awesome number for a first year, but I want to do more. Obviously, you shoot high, and if you fall short, you're still probably pretty high past the goal. So I would like it if we could try, if there are any extra resources to donate to either cystic fibrosis or the Boys and Girls Club for CFF or for cystic fibrosis, head on over to cff.org or slash donate and then drop me a line and let me know uh, that you guys kind of donated so I can give you guys a shout out. One, two, I'd like to keep track of the statistics to make sure that we are doing our part. Again, if you guys don't remember, cystic fibrosis is like breathing with a straw in your lungs. Breathing through that small hole is probably not very fun. I don't know from firsthand, but I do know people that do have cystic fibrosis, and it's not a fun disease. So please donate today for that. Also, the Boys and Girls Club, as we know, this is a nationwide uh, organization. They take care of our kids, especially for the parents that are working all the time like me. It's good for my child to be able to have that support and have friends there and have that need fulfilled. Please head on over to bgbc.org forward slash donate today for a small donation to them. And again, make sure to drop me a line and let me know. I think that's everything that we have for right now. I am not going to announce anything new quite yet until we get closer, but I do have an exciting guest on. I think you guys are going to love him. He's very charismatic, he's fun to be around. Let's introduce him in. So I have the CEO of a Costa Rica call center. And before you guys start saying, oh, call center guy, let's let's give him a chance. All right. He also has the largest pinball collection in Costa Rica. So if y'all like pinball, you're going to love this guy. And then he did get his BS degree from the University of Arizona. I am going to definitely ask him how. He got a degree from the University of Arizona, considering all the cute girls that are there when I was there last. So, uh, Richard Blank, welcome to our show, my friend.
1: So happy to be here today. Can't wait to be chopping with fire insurance, some great ideas with you and your audience.
0: Absolutely. It's going to be fun. But first and foremost, how the hell did you graduate from the University of Arizona with all the beauty over there, all the everything over there? I mean... You know, it's it's a lot.
1: <laughs> the main thing is how did I get into the University of Arizona? If it wasn't for Avington senior high school giving me a college recommendation letter, there's no way I would have been able to get into that university. And so what I've done is I doubled down on my favorite class, which was Spanish. And when I moved out to Arizona, I decided to also be a communication major. I focused on rhetoric, public speaking, and nonverbal communication. And combining those skills, I landed a job with Telemundo during college as an intern and post-grad with Corona Beer. And then at 27 years old, my good friend, I was given a one in a million opportunity to move to Costa Rica. And here we are today.
0: And you sure as heck took it, which is awesome. So, I mean, Spanish, I whew, I took Spanish from kindergarten all the way through uh, my undergrad myself, uh, I studied abroad in Torino, Italy, and I also studied abroad in San Sebastian. So, oh, that's I, uh, yeah, I have some travel adventures. Uh, I definitely got sick when I got back home because the cultures are so different. Mm-hmm. But we're we're way fast paced here compared to where I've been. So
1: I figured this out as a young man. You know, a lot of the times you might have opinions that are provided for you and, and pressures in regards to choosing your career and I didn't go to Harvard Law like Grandpa, I didn't go to Columbia Business like Pops, and I didn't go to Washington and Lee like my older brother, so I didn't have the structure, discipline, nor the maturity, but this is what I did have. I had the drive and I knew that languages could open doors for me. I it came naturally to me. I had the fidelity. So I studied it and did the dedicated practice outside of class. So obviously I was, I was growing. Then I knew that if I was the only one out of 20 of my friends that was bilingual, there is a very good chance I could translate for an attorney, speak for a doctor and read contracts. I saw the advantage. And there was also a huge positive reinforcement. All the world's a stage. So every day when I left, I could go outside and speak with people and have fun and ask what words were. And it really just from movies and music to books to just everything, you you couldn't help but continue to grow this skill. And so I tripled down on it. I wanted to earn a living from it. And I believe that if you can get past your parents' guilt and you can live life with honorable intentions, then by all means, you should have the grit to go for it. And I don't regret a single day.
0: you know, it's funny because as I was growing up, i I feel the same sentiment. Languages are important. Like English, for me, obviously is my primary, right? But I know how to speak four other languages as well, too, because I saw the importance of understanding them. And I use some of that in all of my businesses, to be honest with you. so i I think it's a scalable skill that's important. And if you have a passion to learn it, you should learn it. Of course.
1: But how about this? I'm a guest in this country, Dustin, and I'm 3000 miles away from you and my mother. So the things that I hold important in Philadelphia and Arizona really sometimes don't have any importance here. It's really about your essence. And we spoke prior to jumping on a podcast about keeping an open mind and respecting different traditions and cultures. And even though I might have a slight accent, I believe that anyone that speaks languages bears the mark of higher education. So I was able to initially really show good faith, really show my intentions to understand where somebody else was coming from. And, and I'm the kind of person that likes to talk last to where you know I, I like to really know about more people so I can become better friends with you. (laughs) And that's the most important thing. And so this really has been keeping me on my toes. I've never lived a more enriched life. Every day is new for me. And it's very humbling, the fact that I'm celebrating a 15th year in business in an extremely competitive industry. I've had people with me over a decade and having that sort of reinforcement and people that are encouraging me to continue. I must be doing the right thing. I, I follow labor laws. I extend empathy and dignity. And I try to my utmost to I try to be the best boss they ever had and to be a mentor. My goal is to be the last boss they ever have. And what's interesting, Dustin, is the first day Prior to going into any training class, I put them into my arcade, so they start with recess and dessert first. But I ask you a question, how many owners of a company do you know that have worked with you? And about 10% raise their hand. And I say, that's a shame for them, but a benefit for you because you do deserve this. You do deserve this sort of momentum and wind in your sails. And don't put me on a pedestal where, I know your name, I mean, I'm just a man. And then the kind of thing is where I put my pants on the same as everybody else. And so if we can reduce any sort of fear because it's a morbid anticipation of something that hasn't happened yet, any campaign is 10 times easier than learning a second language. But why fear me? If you're not breaking the law, why are you afraid of a cop? You're not cheating on a test, why why fear a teacher? And if you're coming to work, Dustin, pen at the ready, on time, eager to learn, and for me to delegate so I can extend my branches and roots and grow with you. This is not playtime anymore. This is not kindergarten. You're making power moves now. And I take this sort of career and this early 20s stage of their lives in a very delicate way. With leverage, my friend, you could hire, fire, make or break. I prefer the former. And with that leverage, all I want to do is increase your self-confidence and dusting your self-reliance. That, I believe, is the best
0: leaders. See, and that that's, that's some good stuff right there, because watch this. We all know that we've worked for someone where we've absolutely disliked it, right? And it makes us less likely to perform, in my opinion. I, I know... I have a bunch of friends that we've, we've talked about like our different jobs. We've talked about the different managers. We've talked about the different bosses and the most common pattern that I see is in a world of constant change and the job roles changing and piling on more work and whatever morale tends to take a dip and nobody's addressing it in and and you're an anomaly, my friend. So let's 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 put your pedestal to the side for a sec. <laughs> you're an anomaly, right? Like you are what everybody dreams of having as a boss, owner, whatever you know. But the reality is, and the reason why people are going into entrepreneurship right now is they're tired of working for the man. They're tired of working for other people. They're tired of doing someone else's job chasing someone else's dream and making their dreams a reality while this this employee is just hitting a dead end right and so that that's kind of a it's kind of a big deal and uh you've hit a couple of these points but what I was gonna what I was gonna lead into was obviously we're an entrepreneurship podcast so what made you And what sparked you to open up your own business and go into entrepreneurship? And how did you, to add on to that, how did you develop into who you are today? How did you develop into knowing what your people need, getting to know them, all that stuff to create this sort of success track that you have?
1: Please allow me to zig and zag and give you a supreme pizza. (laughs) First is you use the word for, no, i believe in the word with someone works with me it's synergy so if i can't even start there there's no round table that's number one number two i believe in the chucky e. cheese philosophy no one shows up at your birthday party guess who has no friends <laughs> so the people have leverage you can keep pushing that morale low and keep bending until they break but the market speaks people can always quit and in my industry, Amazon is here, HP, Intel, and Oracle. Someone could be hired the following day. And so what happens? Let's, let's look at this in a very realistic way. I have more natural attrition, Dustin, than, than forced attrition. Listen, if, if Billy's not coming to work on time and Joey's getting stoned at lunch and, and Bobby's just not making his calls, per labor law, I'm going to have to cut you from the team. I am accountable for this. But let's talk natural attrition. Let's say there's a scheduling conflict for your university. How about if your boyfriend or girlfriend works somewhere, you might wanna work there. Could be closer to your home and transportation is pretty big. I, I know there's hybrid, but some people still go into an office for training. And also finally, there are certain, certain centers that might be more lucrative than mine. Let's be realistic. They might have a campaign that, that deals in larger commissions. And so, but nobody will ever leave my call center because I made them cry. I defaced them on the floor. Worst case scenario, gave them a walk of shame. We don't do things like that here. I've invested in you. I believe in you. If you don't give me two weeks notice and you just bounce, that's on you. <laughs> you know, I, I started strong with you. You could at least give me the benefit of the doubt, but I understand. I, it's difficult sometimes in regards to hiring and some people are burnt up, but, but let's just not go there. What happens then? Then I'll call my clients with no surprises. I will make suggestions. And then I will also be able to solidify and have a foundation in a relationship because character is judged during chaos. You're chopping with fire. Fire can be used for warmth or it can burn you. It depends on how you use it. And so I'm not calling somebody up happy with bad news, but I. I run to that situation as quickly as I can, because the more time that you use with it, the more frustration comes. And I'm a big boy now. I I have my impulse control and maturity. But but getting back to the people, I invest in their future. I, I let them know that I just don't write checks. For any entrepreneur that would like to start a company, It's best to know it from the ground up, even if you need to sweep the floors first just to see how long the rows are in a call center. And so for me, I sat in the cubicles for four years. I saw the good and the bad, the happy and the sad. I heard the gripes and I saw when people were elated. I understood how metrics could be reached. And when people are asked for unrealistic expectations, Or possibly supervisors or owners do not extend any sort of empathy or bedside manner because there may be things outside of the office that could be affecting your performance, your beautiful daughter, for an example. If she's having a great day, you're bouncing on clouds. If she's sad, that breaks a dad. And I can completely understand that. And so if somebody wants the best out of you, they need to know you. And prior to you, I need to know me first. And I need to look in the mirror. I need to make my own bed. I need to work out and I need to show up on time. Because if I can't be the example, how in God's name can I ask these people to do the same? But I do give them some filly guilt. I do call the balls and the strikes. I just won't call you chief. I say, yo, Dawson, you did great last Thursday. You got 14. What's going on today? I know what you can do. <laughs> and so, you know, I'll, I'll call you out on it because I want you to win. And maybe I'm the only mentor that ever did it. Maybe I'm the only teacher that told you that your tie is crooked. Or even someone like myself, I could be an individual that would would really emphasize looking at the thesaurus so you can expand on your similes, that you can work on your vocabulary so you avoid words like help, use words like guide, assist and lend a hand. These are things that can adjust tones. These are things that can reset and so i have a lot of very astute and advanced tips and tricks not for manipulation for lying but but for preserving conversations for allowing me to for 15 rounds to make my case and then dustin from an educated point of view my clients will make a decision to either move or not move forward with me
0: so let's address let's address what we were talking about in the beginning which is sure i'm sure my listeners are like you work in a call center you own a call center what yeah. led you, what led you to that and let's let's kind of smash some assumptions on call centers as well too because i sure as hell know how important they are because when i need something done or some help or some tech help i'm going to a call center so i know how important they are i just know that um today in in this day and age a lot of people just dislike them and kind of have their own preconceived notion on them sure
1: every vertical has bad players you might have a bad dentist a bad mechanic a bad restaurant <laughs> you know <laughs> might get that bad experience and hollywood glamorizes the wolf of wall street and boiler room glengarry glenn ross the prime gig you name it, there's so many movies out there where people are slinging stock. Well listen, there's five campaigns we don't do here. I don't do casinos, sports books, pharmacies, sweepstakes or stocks. I've, I have nothing against it, but this is a very strict Catholic country. So I want to ensure that the agents can go home and tell their parents what they do for a living. And I don't compromise my ethics, values or morals to earn a dollar. But today, a lot of companies are preferring omni channel non voice support, filling out forms, sending emails, chat. Well, it's latent. You might be miscommunicating and increasing your frustration. I've recommended, even encouraged, as strongly as I can to my clients in the industry to still keep those channels of live interpersonal communication. And I, I can give you four very, very good reasons why it's worth the money. The first is you can get an upsell. How about a retention? What about a referral? And let's be big boy about this. Worst case scenario, Dustin, you're losing the client, but they're kind enough to give you an exit interview. And so you might be losing a dollar today, but you could be earning twenty dollars in regards to the advice that they give you or what your competition had done in order to earn their business. And so those are the sort of things do I take personal? Of course. But then again, the only way for self-improvement is self-analysis. and if multiple people are saying something and you see a pattern, it should be addressed. And you can put your ego aside, just just try to look at things in a certain way and solve them. And so those are the sort of steps that I've taken and for my own mental stability, so I can calm down, I can land the plane and sew the heart up, (laughs) intense situations, I, I have to be able to manage with a level
0: head. So when you were 27, and you had the opportunity to go to Costa Rica, were you already under the assumption you were going to own your own business and it was going to be a call center or did it just lead to that?
1: Absolutely not, my friend. I had no clue, but I did know this. I knew momentum. I was bilingual in Spanish. Barn door was open. Opportunity was there. A good friend of mine owned a call center. I wasn't going in sea level, but it was very nice. I had a nice desk by a window with a nice chair. <laughs> so it was really great. And my friend extended me four years of employment where it was only supposed to be 60 days. But I never fought for something harder in my life. When I walked off the plane in Costa Rica, August 15th of 2000, besides the weather being beautiful, (laughs) I fell in love. And when I went to the call center for the first time, it's a very young environment. This was even before cell phones, people really didn't have phones. And so you're working off old Cisco phones and Excel sheets with highlighter pens but I saw some engagement. I saw people standing up and speaking. I saw high fives. I saw intense concentration. I saw pride in their work. Most people in the United States see cost into work and telemarketing as a transitional job or they might look down upon it. While in Costa Rica, if you're talented, it pays more than most vocations. So, so Dustin, some of my agents here can earn more than doctors and attorneys and some of them even have those titles. So what did I see? Misconception. I saw an extremely young environment. I got the sh- some skin one last time. I was put in an environment where it was not a forced fit. Sure, I had to learn what a CRM was, a plantronic headset and understand metrics and KPIs and scripts and rebuttals. Well, fine. That's, that's the you know the tough part. <laughs> the, the easy part for me was my personality. and for most people. It's the reverse. What do I do? I love to name drop. I love to ask clarifying questions. I love transitional sentences. I love using personal pronouns to reset tones by using your and R so I can give it a quarter second slide. I was one of the cats that used to use military alphabet. When I was prospecting, I used to do a company name spike. So I would say the name of the company better than you and ask how the company's doing. I would snap you out of it you would say oh we're good thanks or what are you selling oh no I sounded like a mystery shopper that belonged there and then when I was properly introduced to the gatekeeper I gave them a positive escalation so if Kathy transferred me to you prior to introducing myself I'd let you know how amazing Kathy is I do it verbally and I'd also do it in writing and then that would at least put me at a foul point percentage compared to three point or even half chord and then the Richard circle Dustin's complete because when I call your company back chopping with fire and I'm happy to be back Kathy just answered the phone again and remembers me not only remembers me says Richard in the five years I've been working here you're the only one that mentioned the work that I did not only that Richard but I am going to give you a plethora of our company culture I'll give you his direct extension his daughter's birthday, (laughs) what's going on here? So when you custom make your voicemail and you write that email, you might not even go to the LinkedIn profile or the website, you're getting all the goodies. So they realize you've done your due diligence that you're really showing good faith prior to contact and playing those percentages, which could be repeated over and over again because it's authentic and sincere. It's beautiful. And so most people, when they calm down, they look at my credentials. And from an educated point of view, after speaking with me a couple of times and answering their questions and feeling my fire, they decide to throw their hat in the ring and move forward and work with me. And it's been beautiful that way. I've only seen about 20% of my clients, 80% have worked with me side on scene. Go figure. My smile can can span 3,000 miles.
0: (laughs) I think think that's the problem with today's society, to be honest with you. Everything that you had just mentioned is what I call soft skills, right? Of course. It's no secret that technology has been evolving and evolving and evolving. And I even see this with my daughter. My daughter does not have the same soft skills that I do, does Mm. not talk to people in the same way as I do, because she's grown up with a phone in her hand or a tablet or the internet or whatever the case may be. So I think a lot of the issues that entrepreneurs and businesses and even employees and employers have is the fact that we aren't as good at the soft skills anymore as we used to be like back in 1960, right? there, There are no handshake deals anymore or good faith it's all like show me your cards or uh my data can disprove you or whatever the case may be there's none of that personalization anymore and i think that that's so critically important i i know for me as chopping with fire gets bigger i know i'm going to have employees at some point a staff at some point whatever the case may be i want to be able to be personable with them. I want to be able to make sure they enjoy the job that they're working and that they're growing and gaining value. And I sometimes feel like that's kind of the disconnect these days is what value are people getting working for the companies that they're working for? And morale maybe is down because people aren't really really diving into the details to keep people on with personal stuff, you know?
1: I do. But I also believe that if you can get one tenth of 1% of a certain industry, you could be a millionaire. So listen, I like people that like me. And if someone's bitter, I may not have the time for them. I will see if I can readjust the tone. Don't blame me on what happened on the last call. And maybe it's just a dog that likes to bark. I'm okay with that. Maybe someone likes to drop F-bombs in meetings. Fine. But I tell you what, I'll allow somebody to work with me a certain way, but there is absolutely no way I will allow an overzealous supervisor to start cursing on the floor. I know you do it in Chicago. We don't do it here. And I don't like when people write in uppercase letters and it's almost like they're yelling at you. Or, or I've had some people even do things in the color red. They wrote in red. And I call my client and go, yo, Ryan writes in red. <laughs> you don't do things like that. And so um, it's not good. And so things that happen back home may not work here. And so as I say before, you have to understand the Costa Rican culture and realize that Pura Vida, Pure Life, is our mindset here. We're exceptionally talented, but then again, we're peaceful. And that's going to come over the phone. And so, you know, it's kind of funny. Dustin, I'll actually reject more clients than I accept. It's not that I don't want the business, but it might just not be right fit for the Costa Rican agent. And I try to explain that. And so I can live with myself ethically by default. It's almost like I'm pushing it away. And sometimes they're like, Richard, even with all those problems, I still want to work with you. I go, that's just not going to do it. Because as much as I put the ads out there, you might have an attrition. As much as you have a list that's a size of 400 numbers, I'm going to burn through that within a day on a predictive dollar, milking it on manual dialing three. But that's not enough for a month's worth of work. And you keep talking about morale for the agent. You need to put gas in that car. And you got to have a certain balance with them or they'll burn out or get frustrated with you. It's very labor intensive and there's a ton of investments that we make in them. And so, um, once again, I, I think that entrepreneurs that are younger should keep an open mind and not be afraid to ask questions. I myself, if I may, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, but my speaking influence came from much earlier than that i i used to enjoy basil rathbone and jeremy brett two bbc actors that had amazing rhetorical delivery as sherlock holmes i remember remington Steele and and dirk benedict as as face man on the 18 templeton peck and so people today if they need to study certain sort of deliveries, those are the ones that I chose. They were old school cool before the technology and they really did their due diligence in regards to their delivery and their strategy and diplomacy. And that's my style. And so there's nothing wrong with listening and practicing and borrowing somebody's transitional sentence in your opinion that, that was done perfectly and someone that's so well-practiced and well-versed. It's okay to share. We're colleagues of speech. In fact, what you're doing, Dustin, is incredible. You're reaching tens of thousands. In fact, your work is so good, I I wrote you and said, you're the man, and, and may I come on the show? And there's so many people out there you haven't even met yet and will never meet that you've influenced. And that sort of butterfly effect can go a long way and so you know really I'm thinking about paying it forward and I always think about the good coaches bosses teachers and friends that I had that said go Richard go because at the end of the day my friend you're on your own forced march as many people may cheer you on the sideline dude, you're in the game with the ball (laughs) there's nothing you can do. And mommy can't make a phone call for you and your buddy can't throw down a 20 and get you out of it. It's on you. And as long as you put your chest out, shoulders back and chin up, and you do the things as you were raised by your grandparents and you have the full faith in yourself, then by all means, go for it. (laughs) And I think the chances are in your favor.
0: You brought up something that I can relate with, which is everyone that's been in my corner from grade school all the way up until now, uh, the whole reason and the whole point that I started this was because I wanted to give back where I got my education, what I'm able to provide and influence individuals in a way or a manner that helps them, and I think that that's so super important. And I think it's also important to pay homage to where your roots are and where you came from. And I'm not talking about just my parents or grandparents because we all know like some people, including myself have had a rough upbringing, but what about the people that were around for my rough upbringing that propped me up instead of me propping myself down, you know? So I agree with you in kind of everything in every aspect that you had brought up with that. Uh, So I just wanted you to know that. And I'm sure with every uh, episode you've listened to, you kind of have an idea of where I come from. So,
1: Oh, yeah. I pay forward because I, I believe in chivalry. And besides my family and friends, I also have a very strong loyalty to my high school. If it weren't for that college recommendation letter from the late principal Norman Schmidt, I would have never gotten into Arizona. My grades were not that good. I was just very active in sports and and student government. But um, I've been giving a second language scholarship for the past six years for a graduating senior. Second language. So I can pay for their books freshman year. And I was asked to be the 68th induction National Honor Society keynote speaker as well. And this is a kid that did not get honor grades. And so... It's a spiritual thing. I'm doing this for not only my classmates, but it's the tradition that came before me. And the fact that I'm that sort of man that did not break that sort of loyalty and commitment and really tries to bring people together and get so excited for things. And it's not like I'm living vicariously through high school. What do you expect? I was the class partier and had the best time of my entire life. I'm, I'm keeping that period of my life and a time capsule and treasured but it also propelled me into other areas of my life and other chapters and if it weren't for that there's no way. i believe in nature versus nurture and so i have to as you say give homage and say thank you a thousand times success is built on a million thank yous and i don't know how much more i can do for people to show my appreciation without begging <laughs> or doing something. I, I, I still want to keep that honor. And, um, and I'm cool with that. I like things like that. And I encourage my peers and my classmates who have been successful in their own careers that have done podcasts or become doctors and attorneys or have had things published or have raised beautiful families. I love it. And, I, and I'm the first one to write things and make phone calls. And and I'm also the kind of friend that calls not to ask for anything, just to see how you're doing. I don't need anything from you. I'll just call and say, hey, Dustin, what's up, man? How you been, pal? And um, those are true friends. Those are friends that call when the cameras are off. And those are the friends that remember details about yourself and are interested in your life. And that love you sincerely and no questions asked, we'll take your phone call. And those are the greatest people I've ever met. And I was very fortunate growing up where I was to find those kind of people that had that sort of commitment towards one another at such a young age and um, they were tough and they were great in athletics and they fell in love and we were confident and cocky and we had our Northeast Philly thing. And whatever that special sauce is, that I got, it enabled me to take this smile, this personality and this bravado internationally and be very, very well received.
0: I know you're not distant. Uh, well, you are distant because you're in Costa Rica, but I know you're not distant to what's going on in business today. And something that we had brought up in the past Um like 20 minutes ago, right? Was the fact that morale's down in some of these businesses and uh, there are unhappy employees and all, all of these negatives, which I don't want to, I don't want to be negative. My question for you is actually on the positive side of things. Sure. What first and foremost, what do you think some of these businesses opportunities are based off of what you're seeing and how would you, If you had advice, how would you do things differently, kind of like what you're doing when you run your own business to create morale that is it just create an environment where people want to come and work. They want to come and work and uh, produce whatever needs to be done to be successful.
1: I can only speak for myself and I'll get to my own company culture for sure. Other people have to pay their dues. And I don't know what anyone is expecting for Daddy Warbucks to walk out of his office, pat you on the head and say, great job. And I appreciate your compliment earlier about me being a boss. I'm just old school, man. I like to high five people on my sports team. But why don't we do this? In Spanish, there's an expression, por lo menos, which means at least. At every job I had, I was selective of the jobs that I had with Telemundo and Barton Beers and selling Corona, but it's not the point. I had leverage. I was marketable, so I could choose. I just didn't have to go work somewhere. But also, there were other jobs. And I'm not going to mention certain names. I was a waiter a couple of times, and I had to do other things. And I had my moments of clarity. But I, I also said, if I can't master this level, how am I going to get to the next level? If I can't show up on time other than other people, how am I going to get to the next level? So I was, I was trying to get a lot of first downs to get touchdowns. And even though I'm making $10 an hour, the experience I'm getting could be worth $100 an hour later. What do you mean, Richard? Well, look at me now. By working at Corona Beer and Telemundo and doing that grunt work and following up with emails or or prior to that, phone calls and visiting people and showing up to the office at the ready and taking notes. And taking notes. You want to hear a funny story? The first job I had post-grad with Frontier Communications, I was selling broadcast faxing and domestic rates against 18 TMCI in Sprint. No, I wasn't. I was going to Southwest Phoenix and doing international rates where I was crushing it. I was doing exceptionally well. I even sold a T1 for anyone in the industry. But my story is about taking notes. I had no idea some of this technology. And I was sitting there one day and my supervisor, Bob, was telling everybody, the 10 of us, what broadcast faxes and that fax machines had analog and monologue settings depending on your phone. (laughs) Do you remember that back in the day? And so what would happen was um, this one guy, Rob, was on this deal and he was trying to show how to do broadcast faxing. And for something happened at the last minute, it didn't work, kind of like when they do these Apple presentations, you know, in front of people. And so I turned to page seven, and I go, did you put it in monologue? I'm going to analog. And the boss looks at me and goes, well done, Richard. Yeah, well done, Richard. I had no clue what I was doing. But after that, I'm talking about it, you know, 25 years later. What did I do? I took notes. I showed up on time. I learned people's names. I didn't do backstabbing. I earned it through merit. I made my phone calls. I was a good kid. If someone got a deal, I congratulated them. I knocked on the door of my supervisor and asked clarification questions. I stayed late not to kiss ass because I was making phone calls to set up for the following day. Don't you get it? If you pass by my office and you see me here on a Saturday night, it's not because I'm behind catching up. (laughs) I'm two weeks ahead. I'm way ahead. And so those are the kind of things that you see in somebody. You have no idea what their dedicated practice is. You have no idea what it takes for me to be successful. I make it look easy. It is easy. But when you're building buildings, it takes a lot of bricks and it takes time. And so the greatest thing for somebody to do is just have foundations. Do all the basics that were taught to you. Know your manners and realize your common sense. If your intuition is kicking in, say something to somebody. Oh, if you have the luxury of time, then why don't you write a draft and not send it? Why don't you sleep on it and make the phone call the next day? Because there's a very good chance you might have overextended yourself. You might be able to readjust your tone and you can see where the priorities are. I've been able to save business relationships, people have saved Thanksgiving dinners and even in worst case scenarios, marriages, by listening, by literally understanding. And, and there are certain, you can fall on certain swords. For an example, if your dog is barking on a phone call and I literally can't hear you and it's killing the call. Inadvertently and passive aggressively, I'm going to ask your dog's name, what breed it is, and how old is your puppy. <laughs> you'll get the hit. We'll talk about your dog for a little bit. And that's a great way for me to anchor something that's a me too technique. And then you'll usually come back and ask my name again for clarification and name drop me the rest of the call. If people are not in the now, Dustin, And they're jumping ahead for the future or the past they're gonna miss that you're on a 10 minute call it just took one second to hear that dog barking and that's the sort of thing that could have anchored me to get you the upsell to be able to close this deal and so that's the sort of thing that we do here i need somebody to be balanced i need somebody to breathe and when I listen to your phone calls and we discuss your KPIs and your coaching and training, you said it best. I pay you to confirm your email address and to talk about my, my products. Dustin, who's a freaking genius, was talking about soft skills, bedside manner. The sort of thing, as you know, is worth 10 times more than what you're pitching. And um, that's where I give the most points. If if the client says your name in the body of the call, not the introduction or the conclusion, but if you can land that anchor in the middle of the call by doing a confirmation question, falling on those swords for clarification, to not do rabbit holes and and adjust tones. I um I like stacking open-ended questions for people because sometimes people desert pitches just go through a whole list without any reinforcement and um. Those are the sort of things that you need to pause and make camp from time to time. People may react with a sound, with typing, with clicking, with a noise. You know, when, you're, when you eliminate three of your senses on a phone call, Dustin, your taste, touch, and smell, you should expand your hearing fine but a lot of my class will argue with me in regards to sight on the phone. And and I believe in image streaming. I believe in metaphysics. I believe in descriptions and imagination. There's nothing wrong with making your speech more colorful so you become a painting instead of a print. Can this be taught? It can. Everyone's got it in them. But the moment you're not afraid to walk across the eighth eighth grade dance floor, and ask that girl to dance. <laughs> You're the man. And I need these people to break that sort of final 10% demon that they have that is holding them back. And if they can change that head from a negative to a positive and live in a sort of woo way, no resistant philosophy, don't be surprised if their numbers don't go through the roof and they're making a fortune.
0: The devil is in the details. That's the biggest piece of advice that I've gotten from being born all the way up until now. And we just solidified that in 45 minutes, pretty much, in my opinion. So it's it's all about how you approach things. And it's all about how you use the soft skills that I know everybody has, but they blatantly don't use sometimes, right? to create that door or that they don't want to use them they're in
1: a bad mood that day they got to snap out of it yeah it's like a boxer remember chuck Webner versus ali the real rocky yeah he literally almost made he did go the distance but in the 15th he got something happened how do you go 14 and you know 15 and a half rounds perfectly what happened in that 15 round for that one second that ali took advantage of and got him down because he was doing it minute by minute, second by second, and round by round, this guy was more focused, more laser focused than anything in his entire life. And if people can focus on 30 second to two minute intervals, there there might be a better control there.
0: Hmm? I agree, 100%. So now, since we're nearing the end of our time, I do want to bring up something important. We got two more things. The first sure. thing is, is we kind of alluded to it, right? You uh, are the CEO of your call center in Costa Rica. Let's talk about what you do.
1: We are a bilingual, near shore, dedicated call center. Currently 150 agents. I about put 300 at my location. Celebrate my 15th year, February 6th. It's a competitive industry, but it's a beautiful industry. I still believe in the art of speech. We work in campaigns that deal with outbound lead generation, appointment setting, sales, inbound customer support, back office support. I have a CTO, I have a floor manager, human resources director, accountants, attorneys. I needed people to assist me to grow. I couldn't do it all on my own. These are experts here. And I have that leap of faith, that's fine. My wife, Grace Bourbon and I, we started this together. And so I might be the owner, but she's the boss. <laughs> I remember that, gentlemen. But uh, I love what I do. Is it a grind? Well, so is everything. Just like Sisyphus pushing that rock up the hill, nothing's easy. Why do you think diamonds and gold are deep underground? and You got to travel so far to the stars. And I knew that if I could conquer Spanish, I could almost do anything else. And to answer your question about this, about this business environment these days, I it could happen and anything could happen. And I kind of see my life like Zorba the Greek. I'm willing to put my arms out and dance on the beach if my fishing boat happens to sink. If I had closed one deal for one week, it would have been no, more than enough to last me the rest of my life. And the fact that I've come this far and I have enough money to pay for enough dinners for the rest of my life, I'm, I have enough acorns to last winters. So I don't have that sort of pressure anymore. So really, if you can get to this sort of stage in life, the, the best thing for you to do in in this business is just to pay it forward. But I don't want people to burn out. I want to give them clean campaigns. I want to focus on their QA so they become more marketable and better. And I try to promote people as much as I can in this industry. And. If you can record yourself and you can write and you can listen to yourself besides work, you should have some of the best relationships possible. And just by being in this industry, which is so uh, focused on on your vocal skills and being glib and clever, <laughs> as a match made in heaven, I was able to use things at work outside of the office to have some best friends and a beautiful life. And so um, maybe I gravitated towards this Maybe it was my vision quest and destiny that brought me here. You tell me some six-year-old that tells their mommy they don't want to be a telemarketer, let alone a CEO of a call center. And nobody does. (laughs) I wanted to be a fireman. But um, I'm glad I left my castle, slayed a dragon, saved a princess, and became a prince. My brother, I had my adventure. I did it. And I did it my way. Maybe I was a little selfish. I had to get past certain pressures and guilt and expectations. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Dustin, I lived my life. And I did it well. And at the end of the day, the family's proud of you too. They might have not understood it. They expected other things. But if my great-grandfather came to the United States at the turn of the 20th, Learned English and was in the garment industry in New York. Came from Russia and Romania. Why why can't I do the same? Just skipped a couple generations. And I'm going south because the weather's better. But it's in our blood, my man. We're nomads. We needed that adventure. And if I didn't have that, I don't think I'd be able to look in the mirror, give myself five, and respect myself for the rest of my life.
0: And for my listeners, I, as you can tell, I enjoy my conversation with Richard because he's very articulate. One, two, he's, he's been through a lot. And three, he just said a key thing that I believe in, which is we, we aren't, we aren't bound to what our parents or grandparents or whatever did. We're bound to what we make of life. And uh, Richard's made quite a life for himself. Uh, doing what he does best, and yeah, I agree. At six year, years old, I didn't say I was going to be an influencer or a podcast podcast owner or any of that stuff. I wanted to be a sports agent. Well, I fell a little short of that, but I still am doing some similar stuff to what they do, which is talking with people, relating with people, giving information to people to help them be the better version of themselves
1: exactly that's why we're here today my man
0: yeah i mean i i couldn't ask for anything better i do have one more thing and i do this with everyone of course one big piece of advice that you would leave to my listeners what would that be
1: just don't be so hard on yourself fortune favors the brave patience is a virtue you want me to quote you six other things but i also (laughs) believe i believe in me time listen I do pinball marathons on Sunday. I drive my convertible to work listening to NXS. And I hit the gym every day. I need richer time. If I can't find my balance and center, how can I extend that energy to others? And so make your bed, eat well, rest. Tell those that you love that you love them very much. And try to live a beautiful life. You only get one, and you only get 100 years, and I'm halfway there. So. Let's see what happens in the second half.
0: There's nowhere to go but up in the second half, in my opinion.
1: I can't get any bolder.
0: <laughs> Where mm. are we going to go? The, hey, listen, we're going to make that second half work. I'm, yeah, I'm, man. let's see, I'm in the second quarter of the half right now, so. Exactly. Well, Richard, I enjoyed my time with you. I'm sure my listeners have enjoyed listening to this, so I appreciate you coming on, and of course- Appreciate all the wisdom that you've given to us today.
1: Thanks, my brother. I'm a huge fan of you and chopping with fire. And uh, I'm going to continue to listen to you and all of your guests.
0: I appreciate that, my friend. Thank you for coming on. And I look forward to actually having you again, probably for a repeat, to be honest.
1: Be my pleasure. I got tons of things to talk about.
0: Me too. We can talk forever. So thank you again. I appreciate that.
1: You got it, my man. Have a great day.
0: You too.